Hey everybody, this is Just Sold with Brent McIntosh of the McIntosh Group at Remax River City. My name is Brent Griffiths. Brent McIntosh joins us as always. Here we go, another podcast. What do we got today? Well, we're going to continue with some of those unique occupations that we've been discussing over the last few weeks. And we've got one that I'd never heard of before. Uh, Bryn, certified life celebrant. Have you ever heard of that before? Uh, I haven't, but I could probably guess. But why should I do that when you have somebody to talk and tell me well, more about it? We're joined by a longtime friend. Morris Perot is with us. Morris, how are you? I'm fine, Brent. Thanks so much. And thank you for welcoming me and inviting me to your show. Well, again, thanks for joining us. And tell us, what is a certified life celebrant? So a certified life celebrant is a a person that uh, celebrates a a funeral. Okay. Uh, It's funerals have evolved over the past few years. Uh, For years and years and years, funerals are always celebrated by a church official. Mm Mm-hmm priest, a rabbi, minister. And lately that's taken a twist because their focus seemed to be on the afterlife. What happens to you from the day you die after that? Yeah. A life celebrant's focus is what happens, what has happened to you before the day you died? Let's celebrate that. Let's make that a reason to celebrate your life, why you were on earth, why were you here? What did you accomplish? It could have been just something this big or it could have been something huge. It doesn't matter. Everyone has something to celebrate. Well, is that ever cool? Well, that's not something that you've done for a long time now, is it? It is not. I've only been involved in for just over a year, about a year and a half now. Okay. So well, let's talk about you real quick before uh, we go on and talk about your, your new occupation, so to speak. Um, you've done a lot <laughs> on your time here on, on the, the earth. Um, tell us about yourself. Okay, well, yeah, I, I get, yeah, I've done a lot, but uh, as you get older, you tend to do a lot. And I am getting older, of course, which is probably good news. Yeah, so uh, I'm retired. Uh, basically, I was born and raised in Edmonton. So I'm an Edmonton person, lived here all my life. Uh, I'm a retired and police service member. I served my 25 years in the police service. Uh, my wife and Marguerite and I have lived in the county of Strathcona oh, since the early 70s, I guess. And uh, I guess you might say I'm semi-retired. Mm-hmm. My outlook is that I don't want to retire. I've seen too many people retire totally. And within a very short time, there are some like me saying, welcome today. We're here to celebrate the life of. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to keep busy until that keep, does happen. Keep working and cheat death. Ex- yeah, that's about it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So you know, and besides being a police officer, I've owned I've owned a few small businesses over my uh, time after I retired. I retired in 1989 from the police service, so oh, wow. I've had lots of time to do various things. Yeah. Uh, I was a potter. And that was okay until I got tired of talking to a lump of clay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I published a coffee shop magazine, and that worked okay until my advertisers uh, decided that they wanted to pay me less money, and I couldn't print it for nothing. And then I got involved in the funeral industry in BC, and that's what started me in this in this whole profession, this whole business uh, of funerals. It's kind of a it's kind of a funny business because it, it, it catches you. It grabs you. Once you get into it, you think, 
oh my goodness, this is a fantastic business. Oh, interesting. It's so interesting to deal with people maybe at their worst time yeah. when they're dealing with the death of a loved one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's interesting to see how people deal with that. I enjoyed the funeral industry and dealing. I was, I was an assistant to a director. I was never a director. I was just an assistant to a director. And then that led to me uh, operating the crematorium, which is a, another story. Uh, but then I got allergic to the dust in that facility and I had to leave that. I missed the contact with the people. And while I was working in the funeral industry, I came across this gentleman who did, uh, who was a life celebrant. And I was just impressed with what he did. And I knew he was basically just a regular guy like you or I, but he'd done such a fantastic job of making this person's life, celebrating it and and making it so wonderful. I thought I would love to do that. And about that same time, he started to offer a course on becoming a life celebrant. So I very quickly signed up, uh, took the course with him, uh, graduated and became a certified life celebrant. Do you wow. have to be a certain type of personality to take the positive view and to, to build a, a positive, uh, I guess, framework for this kind of thing? You have to be a good listener. Okay. You have to be able to hear maybe the hidden stories. So when I talk to families, I listen for the hidden story uh, tell me the story about your loved one, your your dad, your mom, your husband, your wife, whoever has passed away. Tell me the story. Where were they born? What did they do? How did they go to school? Where did they go to school? What did they excel in? What what were some funny moments? You know, if it's a sibling, what were some funny moments when you two are growing up together? And and you have to listen to that, and that's what you bring out in your stories. You you don't you don't give away the eulogy because someone else is going to come up and give the eulogy. Okay. You don't give that away, so you don't step on their toes. Mm-hmm. But you work it into what you want to say about this person. You weave it in to what I'm talking about. Or do you become the MC, so to speak, of of the funeral? Yes, exactly right. Oh, okay. You know they talk about funeral directors. I view my job as once we enter the chapel or wherever facility we're holding the celebration in, I become the director. Okay. And I determine what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. I say certain things and then I invite someone up to do a eulogy. I then introduce maybe a video presentation. I might introduce a song. I might introduce a prayer depending on what the people want. Mm -hmm. What does that family want? How do they want to celebrate the life of their loved one? That's the important thing. How do they want to celebrate it? Yeah, it's it's almost like your, uh, you know, I don't know if this is a terrible reference or not, but almost like a wedding DJ that, that they There's, find. There are people uh, in this industry that actually are uh, wedding, uh, wedding celebrants is not quite the right word because you have to have a special license for that. Right. Mm-hmm. But they do both. They do a wedding or they'll do a funeral, sort of get you coming and going. Tell us about the course to become the certified life celebrant. What, what does that involve? So uh, when I took it, uh, it was during a course COVID. So we couldn't meet. It was, it was online much like we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, uh, the, the fellow running the course sent us the, the assignment for the week. And 
the what was going to happen. Then we'd open up the Zoom meeting. We'd go through a, a, a presentation where he showed up slides and he'd talk about the slides. We would also have to do presentations on it. Our assignment, your assignment for next week is to do a, a funeral, a life celebration for this person. And he'd give us all a different person with a short story about this person. He'd do the interview, in other words. And we had all the answers in front of us and we had to make up the celebration and present it to our group. Most of it was that sort of thing, uh, hands-on learning where uh, you're, you're, you're in front of your group of your people and your peers actually get to talk to you and uh, ask you questions and, and support you and give you positive feedback on what you've done. So it was, it was very interesting. So with COVID, COVID is on right now. And so obviously in some situations, it's kind of restricted the amount of people that could attend an event. This is a great opportunity for you to kind of work your way in and get better and better and better before you uh, hit the, I hate to say hit the big time, but you know what I'm saying? Once, uh, you know, once we kind of get through this thing, the celebrations of life are going to be much bigger. I, I would have to think that this has been a great way for you to get your feet wet, so to speak. It is. And surprisingly enough, it really depends on the venue where the, life celebration is being held. Uh, I don't know if uh, either you gentlemen are familiar with a facility in Edmonton called the Polish Hall. Oh, yeah. It's a huge hall. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was fortunate enough uh, to be asked to do a, a life celebration service there. We had just under 200 people. Uh, and so, yes, and, and plus a, a live video uh broadcast streamcast as as we're going on so uh, not only are you in front of the 200 people but who knows how many out there in video land yeah yeah and i was gonna uh, bring that up if you had done funerals online have you done some zoom funerals and and uh, skype funerals which sounds so weird you know two three years ago but seems to be the norm now it, it, it is just about every funeral you do now uh, is recorded either simply video recorded for play later on or live streamed in whatever. In fact, I think it spawned a new business because now I see two or three different names coming up as companies you can hire to do this. Uh, and before COVID, I, I don't think they were around. Yeah. Has there been a funeral? I know you've, you've, you've just done this for a year and a half now, but has there been a funeral that's been really unique? <laughs> Something that, you know, been- I guess, I thought about that, and uh, I think what I'd really have to say, Brent, is that everyone is unique because the person that has passed away is not like the other people. Mm -hmm. So they're all unique. They're all just a little bit different, and each one has its own twist. I guess one of the ones that surprised me was uh, a funeral of a young man that passed away, and his brother was doing the eulogy, they used a lot of street language. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so when he was when he was given the eulogy, it was spiced with the street language all over the place. Oh, yes. And I was I was standing up in front of everybody, and I thought, "Whoa, what's mom thinking about this? What's grandma thinking about this?" Right. <laughs> but they were okay. They were kind of chuckling because they knew that that's what that person was like in real life. He called a spade a spade, and whatever else you want to put with that. Do you have some suggestions for somebody listening who, well, here, first, let me ask you this. Should you plan your own funeral? Yes, you should. Yeah. Yes, you should. Because my thought on that is, is hopefully, hopefully when, when I leave this world, 
my family is going to be distraught and they're going to be consumed with grief because dad, husband, grandpa, great grandpa has died. So I hope they're going to be consumed with grief and they don't have time to sit there and, and do a, uh, to plan a, a service. Yeah. yeah. So I plan on doing that for them. For I plan on saying, as you wheel my casket down the aisle, I want this song to play. Yeah. And during the service, I want this prayer to be said, or I want this poem to be read, or I want this music to play. And then when we leave, I want this song to be played because I know it's going to make people cry, and that's what I want to happen. I want people to cry when I leave. Yeah. And so, yes, you should plan your own because don't leave it to your family. One of my favorite uh, comedy episodes, Mary Tyler Moore, way back in the 70s, had an episode. It was the death of Chuckles the Clown. It's a great, great mm-hmm. episode if you ever get a chance to watch it. And they, they talked about the difference in emotion between crying at a funeral and laughing at a funeral. Is it is it a really fine line? I got to ask you that. Is it a fine line? Gosh, you know, I, I've had both. Uh, when, when I interview people prior to everything happening, sometimes they're very emotional. They're crying because their loved one has left them. And sometimes as we're talking, they start thinking about funny incidents and they'll start laughing. And one leads to another leads to another at the service at the, at the celebration. uh, I find that it's very easy to uh, control what, what's going to happen to the attendants, to the people attending the celebration of life by what I say. Right. And so I take my cue from the family. If the family is has been distraught and are are very upset, I'll talk a lot about grief and how grief affects you and that it never really leaves you. Right. Uh, if they've been joking and laughing and and you know happy times, I will I will play on that. I'll talk about the happy times. One time, I was up giving my my spiel, talking about the deceased. I got involved in my own talk. I had to step back, take a few deep breaths, get the frog out of my throat, and come back and continue on. Oh, wow. So I learned one thing. Never listen to yourself talk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's really fascinating. Um, I can think of some funerals that I've been to in the past, and and it's it's funny because um, some some of these people, uh, Morris, you and I, shared as friends yes. and, and some, some absolutely incredible funerals where, where I actually left feeling really great um, because of the, what the people said. And, and it wasn't um, as, as sad as I thought it was going to be. And it was a really a great celebration of their life. And then of course I've been to some, some funerals that were absolutely terrible where, where I, I felt like, um, and unfortunately a Catholic uh, ceremony where the priest didn't even mention uh, the gentleman who, who, who died. Yeah. And, and, and it was a shame that he got mentioned only at the beginning and the end of the service. And that was that. And, and, uh, and, and unfortunately 58 minutes of other stuff, two minutes of him and, and 58 minutes of, so, so this was really neat finding out that there is people that, that you can hire to, to celebrate your loved one's, life not just their death um speaking of hire that's always an unusual thing to talk about when we're talking about funerals but but how much does it cost to hire somebody like you to do someone's funeral 
That, that's, a, that's a great question, uh, Brent. And it's one of the ones that I get asked quite a bit when I meet with a family, how much are you going to charge me? Mm-hmm. I don't set a price. Okay. That's my choice. I don't set the price. I tell them the going rate is from $250 to $400. Okay. If you can, whatever you can afford, I'm happy with. If you can't afford $250, I'll do it for nothing. I, I really will. I, I believe in what I'm doing so greatly that if a person can't afford it and they want a life celebrant, I'll go do it for nothing. Well, that's awesome. How does someone get a hold of you? I have a website. Uh, it's uh, www.mauricethecelebrant.com. Or, of course, my phone is 780-913-3314. And either one of those would get you in touch with me. Wonderful. Well, Morris, I thank you so much. Thanks for volunteering to be on the podcast and thanks for doing what you do. What a great occupation that you've stumbled into. Once again, thank you, Brent. And thank you, Brent, for inviting me. I thought that was fantastic. I do have to be upfront and honest with you that I have already planned mine. Does that surprise you? Yeah, actually, I wouldn't have guessed that. And the reason why I I say that is, of course, two years ago, I went through a stomach cancer scare. And mm-hmm. I, I was pretty sure I was going to go through the eight-hour surgery, but I was really concerned and worried, based on my track record, that I was going to develop some kind of a complication or something. So yes. I had already put together the, uh, the picture, uh, the, you know, the slideshow with the music wow. that I wanted. I knew exactly the music that I want to have played. I knew exactly what the tone was going to be. I, didn't want to br- I don't think I've mentioned this to anybody else, but I'm bringing it up now because this is such a great topic today. But, but I, I've, I've got mine planned. I even went so far to think that if I knew I had a year left, would yeah. I go and hire a production company in town? Would I get a white bathrobe on, on a blue backdrop, and get some fake clouds put in? Would I actually do my own service by audio and visual clips? And I think that in some ways it's a little, uh, what's the word, self-indulgent. Unsettling. And unsettling for some people. But you know what? I just thought that would be kind of fun. And at the end of the day, if there's one thing I want to be remembered, I want people to remember that we had a lot of laughs, had some big smiles, and we had a lot of fun. So I I definitely want to set the tone for mine. And like I said, I've already had, because two years ago I had this scare and I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And there were a couple of days where I was on the edge and maybe it was a good idea, but mine's already three quarters planned. Can I ask you, have you updated the slideshow in the past two years? Have I've you, added a couple added more anything? photos, but that's, okay, a, that's yeah, about it. And I know that that yeah, sounds really kind of creepy for some people. I don't think it's, to me, I just want to, I want to make sure that people go and have some fun and that it's a good show. And I guess that's maybe for what I did for a living for the most part, right? Being yeah, yeah. a broadcaster, I, I, I just want people to have a good time. Yeah, I think that that's excellent. Um, I didn't bring it up in the podcast um, and, and um, because I didn't think it was relevant at the time because we didn't have a funeral, but my father passed away last year and he, he specifically requested no funeral. And, and so that was one of his wishes is he did not want a hoopla, a slideshow, yeah. anything 
Uh, he wanted nothing. And in fact, he actually even created a list of those people that we were to call to let them know that he had passed. So he had organized everything for, for my mother and my, my brother and I, and, and there was very little for us to do. So, so it is very, very, you know, everybody handles oh, that sure. differently. And, and, mm-hmm. Well, my mom, who's a little old Welsh lady who passed away at the age of 83, she told me a few years before she went, there were a couple of rules on this. And I went, yeah. Oh brother, here we go. Like, I want to hear here this. We go. Awesome. Uh, there were a couple of things. One, she, she wanted it to be on a Saturday, her service. That way people okay. from out of town could come in. Uh, <laughs> the other thing she wanted is she wanted, she had to have it at her church, which is fine. They have a gymnasium yeah. downstairs. She said, the service can't go longer than 45 minutes because people get a little bored. And yeah. uh, she says, I want people to go downstairs to the gymnasium and have tea and Welsh cakes and little sandwiches and I want that really to be the, the best part of it is that people yeah. get a chance to talk and visit. If they talk about me, great. If they talk about me positively, it's even better. But for the most part, it's just going to be an opportunity for people to see one another and, uh, and, and have a really good time. And that's how she lived her life. So, oh, and the other thing she said, there's got to be plenty of parking. <laughs> uh, anyway like i said some people uh, the welsh and the irish and uh, even people in scotland this whole this whole wake thing where you have mm-hmm. this big celebration that's how i want it to be for me that's how it was for my mom my dad and my sister who passed away the same sort of thing it's got to be an upbeat event so yeah. that uh, you know we lost my sister at the age of 29 way too young however she packed a lot of life into those 29 years and we wanted to make sure that that was that was celebrated. So I, I I really enjoyed this topic today. I think it was pretty fantastic. I did too. And and did you follow all of the your mother's three instructions? Uh, yes, we did. Yeah, okay. we uh, we we did. The parking it was uh, I think there's some event was going on, so the parking wasn't as accessible. But we charged five dollars a car. I thought that was pretty reasonable price. So it was. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Good on you. Just kidding. <laughs> anyway, that's okay. Listen, back to our topic here. Anything you want to touch on before we wrap this baby up? No, just if somebody is thinking about selling uh, or buying a property here in the Edmonton area, we're never too busy to help you out or never too busy for your referrals. You can reach us directly at 780-464-0075 or find us on the web at macintoshgroup.ca. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm Brent Griffiths. He's Brent McIntosh, and we'll see you next time. We hope. 